This is a Handshake Agency podcast. Welcome to That Sucks. Presented by Handshake Agency. My name's Troy. I'm Dan. And um, I'm so excited about this episode. Why? Because a large portion of our friendship is built upon a foundation of the, <laughs> the Simpsons. Oh, that's right. Is that a correct saying? Oh. Uh, is, that, is that a correct fact? You're not wrong. 100% right, 0% wrong. Well, you know, we kind of uh, spent a couple of years recording Simpsons songs together. That was a long time ago now. Songs from the Simpsons. Songs from the Simpsons. And you then can that, go check it out on was, Spotify. It's called Worst Tribute Ever. As that was rapping, we were like, let's start a podcast and remember the initial name for the podcast it was worst podcast ever if i'm not mistaken yeah and another simpsons reference yeah why did we have to change that that was already a podcast i think so that sucks plus i think <laughs> plus i think you came up with that sucks or a variation of it and it was just better yeah that's 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 fair also the logo is yellow simpsons yellow it's a little um carry over from the um the og og show it's a stretch. We did have that uh, episode on The Simpsons and its decline in quality over the years. Uh, another, another failed episode that uh, didn't see the light of day. Did we never release that one? That never came out. Oh, so we we'll had see. a guest and he called me and he was like, "Did I do something wrong?" And I was like, "Did he actually?" Yeah. Oh, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's a shame. No, we, we we were still kind of finding our feet. It was very early days. We didn't quite hit the mark, but yeah, we probably should have told him before we just scrapped it because he was like, "Did I do anything wrong?" Yeah, and he I just said, to "Hear his voice." I just said, "Listen, mate." You need to think long and hard about what you've done here. Yep. We'll get him back one day. We will, we will. But no, um, I've been I, I've been wanting to do a Simpsons episode since the start. And something when are we going to do it? Right now. Oh, that's today. Something hit my news feed on Facebook that oh, sparked cool. a train of consciousness that led to the eight pages of notes I'm about to choo, choo, choo. dish into your ears. Eight pages. Crikey. Listen, that's how much I love The Simpsons. One, two, three, four. Um, Double-sided pages. There's actually four pages. So, you know, you've, you've seen Duff Beer, right? Like, they've released it over here. It was like a few years ago. Yeah, it was had- like probably 10 years ago. Do yeah, you still well, get it? Not anymore. You can't. Was it no, limited it was, edition sort of thing? It was everywhere for a while and it looked like the official Duff can. Mm. Um, but in the 90s, there was a... Well, this... So, bit of context on what I saw on Facebook... In a Simpsons collectibles group, this guy um, in Australia, he had a case of Duff beer from the 90s. Mm. And I was like, that looks interesting because it didn't, it kind of looked like off brand. So anyway, in 95, um, South Australian Brewing Company, they released Duff. It was based on the show, but they didn't have the approval. Mm. So 20th Century Fox sued them. And a federal court judge in Australia was like, yeah, um, that's illegal. Stop it, and they had to <laughs> they had to shut down production. But because there was not that much released, <clears throat> and all the controversy surrounding it, it it fucking like went through the roof. So at the time, um, this this dude selling it, he uploaded a um like a clip of a newspaper article at the time, mm-hmm. which said that like um a case of this stuff in 1999 sold for can you guess? Uh, twenty five thousand dollars. You're so close. It was twenty thousand dollars. Oh wow! So it was it was like U- US dollars. I forget what it was, but it converted to about 20,000 Australian. Shit. It's a lot. So, yeah. Pretty interesting. Mm. That's what I- uh, That's all I've got. Cool. The font well, if you was, like the, the podcast- The, the font was very big. Yeah. <laughs> the Simpsons Australia? What's What comes to mind? Uh, well, the Simpsons episode of 
Bart versus Australia. Yeah. Hey, have do the you flag. still have that flag? I got yeah, yeah. It's, it's in the foyer there. The Australian the flag with the. It used to have it hanging up proudly in the main in control the room. Yeah, no. It was actually you- really good because it would. It used to cover the window, so it diffused the light coming into the the studio during the day. But um, since then, I put I put some tint on the window actually, and that does a oh, slightly wow. better job. But it's a giant Australian flag with a huge ass on it. And so a boot. some clients I thought might not understand it. So I moved it somewhere else. Well, there was a lot of patriotic Australians because after Bart versus Australia came out in '95, mm-hmm. people were fucking pissed off. Were they really? What do you remember about that episode? Like uh, in the in the '90s? Hey, Mister Prime Minister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember a bit of it. Like, um, I don't remember any controversy though because it was probably '95. You know? No, '97. It what? came out in '95. Yeah. '95. Okay. You know what's funny about that though? Because the whole premise is um, Bart's trying to find out which way the toilet flushes in, his, yeah. in the southern hemisphere. Mm-hmm. So, growing up, I always thought that was a thing. Like, oh, the toilet must- Yeah, it consumed a large part of my brain as I was developing. I don't know why. Isn't it a thing? I thought it was a thing. I, I actually don't know if it's true. No, it is. It's true. I think what was portrayed in the show is, is slightly incorrect, was what I read. because they've got those weird toilets with the massive tall bowls, or like, sorry, shallow bowls. Yeah, it sucks all the water out, right? Yeah, but you can just see it a bit easier. You can't really see it over here in the same way. Um, but no, that's true. I think I'm pretty sure that's true. So, what, what, one of the writers spoke to The Age, um, like, years after the episode aired. Uh, so, he'd been writing for The Simpsons for 18 years. So, he, uh, he spoke with The Age, this guy called Mike Reese or Rice. He said, when it, whenever we have The Simpsons visit another country, that country gets furious, including Australia. We were condemned in the Australian Parliament after that episode. God. And according to uh, Simpsons Wiki, that episode was the first time that the family ever visited another country. It was very early on, though. What was that? Season season six. So, mm. But, like, I don't understand why people got so mad. I mean, it's it's probably one of those things like, did they really get mad? Like, really? I think a lot of people, like, there's some other examples of other countries getting mad for different reasons. But I think if you see America, you know, a lot of Australians, especially back then, fucking, oh, everything's getting too Americanized and I hate America, That's America. True, yeah. So, I think they'd be like, how dare you, you know, this isn't correct and it's reinforcing these, like- corny stereotypes and it's like well i think crocodile dundee has done enough that already yeah i mean that's i think like i mean simpsons was still new enough where i think it had a little bit of well 95 i I reckon there was still a bunch of parents that were like oh no you can't watch the simpsons i I knew people that weren't allowed to watch the Simpsons. so you can understand that but like no you're right about crocodile dundee like that was way worse for that and then freaking steve Irwin comes along after that so that wasn't that long after He's doing his old shtick. Yeah. But no, I, I think the um, the episode was funny though. But, you know, I think like I would I would assume it would be that like vocal 0.1% that- it gets the voice. Yeah, that gets the voice and jump up and down where everyone else really doesn't give a shit about it. Yeah. You know, and it's just media looking for stories. Like it maybe it was a slow news week. So- It's also like very, you know, Simpsons Australia. Like everyone wants to kind of see like what that, that's about. Um. So, speaking to the Newcastle Herald executive producer, David Merkin, he kind of explained why they chose Australia and did everything they did. He said, we like to have the Simpsons, the entire family travel, and this was the beginning of that. Australia was a fantastic choice because it has a lot of quirky visual things, and it's a country that's really very close to America, very in sync with America. We are so similar, but but yet there are all these fantastic differences, familiar yet twisted. It was intentional to make it very inaccurate. That was our evil side coming out. We'll take our knowledge yeah, of Australia. Yeah, because it's a cartoon. Like, fuck. Yeah. We'll take our knowledge of Australia and we'll twist it around to, st- to stimulate an audience and annoy them at the same time. It's funny. It's like, that's comedy. 
That's like literally you just describing comedy. You did comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's uh, sorry, the fact he had to explain that is just kind of like yeah. it's the Simpsons. You shouldn't have to like give an explanation. But there was, I think, pe- people getting mad at certain things, like the fake word. You know, they, they were using fake words for stuff. Like, uh, the dollary do and the chaz wazzes and stuff. <laughs> yeah, dollary do's. I, I used dollary do for a little while, like recently. Yeah. And- uh, when I was in America, I actually said so- I said something dollary do, or I said I cut. <laughs> I added a something a do to the end of a lot of words because I thought it was really funny. And the Americans that I that heard that were like, "What? Like you talk like that?" I'm like, "No one talks like this." But <laughs> so you're doing more damage than the Simpsons yeah. did because they're like, "Oh my god, it's true," and they go tell everybody. But you know. A uh, friend of the show, Chris Reeve, he was telling me, like, w- he's been in America. He's lived there for, like, six years now. But he says, like, he makes a point of being, like, ultra Aussie because, like, why not? Yeah. Because I don't really say g'day. Do you, do you say g'day? Never. Yeah. But you're like, well, oh, g'day. Oh, hi, cobber. I wonder if how many Americans actually thought, like, that was a pretty close representation of Australia at the time. Yeah, I'm sure they did. But also, like, you know- Maybe watch a, an, Ameri- an Australian television show. Go watch Neighbours. It's also pretty harmless. Everything they did was very harmless. Yeah, so it's, it's a cartoon. Like, what damage can it do? Um, well, there's some... Well, apparently another country thought it did a lot of damage, and I'll tell you about that in a second. Mm-hmm. But there, speaking of dollary do's, there was a petition in 2015 to rename the Aussie dollar dollary do's. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, I think it was like change.org or something. And this, this was the description. Due to global commodity prices plummeting, the Australian economy is struggling. That's why we need something to stimulate the Australian economy, and that something is changing the name of the Australian currency to dollary dues. This will make millions of people around the world want to get their hands on some Australian currency due to the real-life Simpsons reference, driving up the value of Australian currency. If the leaders of this great nation have any common sense at all, they will introduce legislation to Parliament to change the name of our currency as soon as possible. Please sign this petition. (laughs) I mean, you're not wrong. It got... um, so the target was seven thousand five hundred signatures. How many do you reckon it got? Five thousand, S- almost seventy thousand. Wow, yeah. that's a lot. But like all those change things, that's not like that's probably all around the world. Like Jesus, yeah. There was one cha- uh, seventy Australian uh, thousand, seventy thousand Australians is like not insignificant though. Do you see that? There's another petition. It was um there there was a so this isn't related to the Simpsons, but um there was that petition to drain the ocean and find Harold Holt. Oh, God, I don't remember that. <laughs> Again, that's fucking stupid. Um, so I mentioned before there was a country that got really fucking mad at the Simpsons and- Japan? No. Uh, uh, where else have they gone? Oh, no, you just tell me, I guess. So, in 2002, Brazil almost sued mm. the Simpsons. Uh, there was an episode called Blame It on Lisa. Yep. Um, uh, and so, this is the Guardian's description of the episode because I haven't seen it. Um, the cartoon. I'll watch it the time we're gone. The cartoon characters found that Rio is a city where all men are bisexual, where <laughs> fearsome monkeys roam the streets, and tourists are kidnapped by taxi drivers and mugged by children. So the tur- the Rio tourist board were like, "You fucked up our international image. We've just spent all this money on like brand, you know, yeah, to ad- be, that's, advertising. That's kind of fair, I suppose." Um, but- and as the president of Br- Brazil was like, the Simpsons brought a distorted vision of Brazilian reality. At the, at the bottom of that article, randomly, it goes, In January, the mayor of Rio threatened to sue a weather forecaster who predicted wrongly there would be a storm on New Year's Eve. The weather forecast kept crowds away from one of the biggest festivals of the year. God. And I was like, I don't know what that's got to do with anything, but it's kind of funny. That's a very different situation because that's not like... In, in Australia, it's so goofy and silly, the portrayals of... 
Yeah. Oh, so it wasn't violent though, and yeah. Yeah, yeah, and actually, so that might have caused some people to be like, "Oh, maybe I won't go to Rio if that's what it's like," you know? Yep. New Orleans, a street na- a streetcar named Marge. Mm-hmm. Remember that? We recorded I, that song from the musical in that episode. I do remember it. They got fucking super, super <laughs> um, mad by it. That song. Long before the Superdome. <laughs> Can you? Do you know? Okay, think about why New Orleans <laughs> would be would be mad about New Orleans. Oh yeah, hang on, New Orleans. Oh, what are the lyrics for that song? You have to. Say, I can't remember the phrasing of it. So ahead of the premiere. The, I guess they send out episodes to critics ahead of them airing so they can, you know, do a write-up for the paper the next day or whatever. Mm-hmm. And one publication published the lyrics to the musical online, like out of context before yep. the episode aired. And um, the lyric that had people in New Orleans mad was, um, it called New Orleans the home of pirates, drunks and whores. <laughs> 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 that's pretty funny and it's like out of context so you know if you just were like what the fuck is this like it doesn't make any sense um, they received uh, around 100 complaints on the day it aired um, and the president of Fox at the time had to issue a statement being like oh we're so sorry for any offence this has caused and and stuff like that but it's a pretty dumb song it's a pretty funny song suck around though <laughs> yeah in that same interview uh, with the age that Mike Reese guy did, or mm-hmm. Rice, I should, probably should have figured out to say his name beforehand. Yeah, where to go? Where he talked about the Australian stuff. He talked about um the Michael Jackson episode, mm-hmm. Stark Raving Dad, which was I didn't realize that was 1991. Yeah, that was early, early, early. Y- yes, yeah, super, super early. So, um, do you know the story behind like all that stuff with Michael Jackson? Yeah, yeah, his appearance in it and stuff. I know he wasn't credited in it. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure the reason why he wasn't credited. There was sort of obviously a bit of controversy around it, but- It was because of his label. There was like a contractual oh, thing see. with his label. Um, even like Matt, Matt Groening got asked about it. Uh, Briggs, the Australian rapper, mm-hmm. um, interviewed him for Disenchantment because he worked on that show with Matt Groening a oh, little okay. bit. And even then, I think it was that interview, he said like, oh, it was something to do with the label contract. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's got kind of vague, but he confirmed it actually was Michael Jackson. And- it's weird because Michael Jackson voices the character of Leon Kapowski or something. Yeah, Kapowski, yeah, yeah, Leon Kapowski, um, and the character thinks he's Michael Jackson. Yeah, and in that song he sings. Uh, sorry, in that episode he sings some songs, but Michael Jackson didn't do the singing. <laughs> so um, That's funny. that guy in in the, the interview with the Age, he said he did his own voice acting, but he brought in his authorized sound alike to do singing. This little white guy singing Michael Jackson songs with Michael Jackson sitting next to him laughing. That's really funny. To this day, we don't know why he did that. <laughs> Man. Well, and then in 2019, they pulled the episode following the release of that HBO documentary, Leave yeah. the Netherlands. So. Yeah, that's, a, he's, that's such a weird situation, hey? Mm. I remember as a kid being like, what did, is this actually Michael Jackson in this episode? And I would check the credits every time the episode was on because I thought I'd missed his name. Oh, and it was- oh, and Back then, you had no way of like pausing or Googling or- Well, like they just didn't- I'm pretty sure they didn't list it. Like it was completely uncredited. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he did the- um, Didn't he do the Do the Bartman song? I'm he pretty might sure- have co-written it maybe. I think he did. Yeah, he was involved in that. Um, all right, should take a break? Well, let's just take a break, man. You got, got any Kit Kats take around Take a break, here? man. Have you got any- Ooh. No, I don't have any Kit Kats around. I wish I had some. Oh, I should have bought a. I was going to buy a box of muffins today. Didn't do it. Oh, well. What was in that container? A little lemon tart. That sounds delicious. It was. Did you get one for me? Nope. It was actually a big lemon tart. 
Are you and telling me you could have shared, shared it the lemon tart? Yep. Could have shared it, didn't, Fuck. ate it myself. All, All right, right well, break time? Yeah, I'm going to get a lemon tart. We'll be right back. You know what sucks? What? The NRL. That's a hot take. That's not the only take. And you know what doesn't suck? Tell me. The take with Willie Mason on the Handshake Agency Network. That's right. Ex-NRL and Australian international player Willie Mason discusses all things rugby league. You don't have to be a fan of the sport to get sucked into the podcast. But don't just take our word for it. Head over to thepodcasts.com.au now and listen for yourself. And we're back. That was a delightful break. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for the head rub. Yep. Uh, The problem with a poo. Did you watch that documentary? You were across it? I did not watch that documentary. I wasn't sure where to get it, actually, but I'm certainly aware of it. Yeah, the trailer looks great. I haven't seen it, but I mean, it kind of does what the title suggests. It mm. explores the problem with the racial stereotype of the character of Pooh. Yep. And The Simpsons. Um, came out in 2017, and it was headed up by a comedian named um, Hari Kondabolu. And yeah, he just kind of explores the racial stereotypes of the character and the, the larger problems around that. One of the biggest problem problems, I guess, of that character, outside of the fact he's voiced by a white actor, mm-hmm. Hank Azaria, was that there was no other like representation. Yeah. So it's just this like caricature of you know an Indian person that yep. a lot of um, Indian people were then kind of bullied for, and like yeah, that was Cal Penn from you know Harold and Kumar House. Yep. He said that um, he hates a poo, and because of that, he he dislikes The Simpsons. Oh that, right, that's in the trailer for um for the documentary. Uh, and the, um, Hari said in an interview with the BBC, he's like, after a while, you'd watch the Simpsons on a Sunday night and you'd get a sense of how you'd be made fun of at school on Monday based <laughs> on what Apu did in the latest episode, Yeah, which is like, that's pretty full on the fact that it had that much influence. It's an uh, interesting situation again, because I think, um, had this been a talking point 10 years ago, which I mean, 2017, this documentary came out, right? Yeah. Yeah. It would have been just like hand waved are you just overreacting but the more we see um the consequences of these like little microaggressions in society it's kind of like no this is this is an actual problem yeah um and i think i probably would have been thinking the same thing uh, 10 years ago 10 years ago or 15 years ago or whatever because you just think like well i don't know it's i think it's a, a um situation of not being able to relate because you haven't had uh you haven't had a similar situation in your own life when you're a basically a yeah a, a you know white person that doesn't get made fun of for your race it's like all right well then here you go we're kind of telling you why it's maybe been a problem for us for 30 years or 20 25 years or whatever um you can understand that that sort of response and so what hanky zaria retired from that role yeah so well um i got a bit of a timeline so that film came out in november 2017 and it blew up, so the Simpsons were forced to address it, mm-hmm. and they did so in April of 2018 inside an episode. Which did did you see that? Oh, uh, it was. Um, I'll send you. Doesn't I'll send Lisa you the do clip. it? Yeah. So I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll send you the clip to watch, and then we'll talk about it because it's. At the time, I saw it, and I was I I didn't I was like what, got a lot of controversy. They? I remember. Yeah, I was like, what are they doing here? So the episode is called uh, "No Good Read Goes Unpunished." Actually, sorry, but before you watch that bit of context for the episode. So, according to Simpsons Wiki, uh, in an attempt to bring the family back together, Marge forces everyone to hand in their electronics and take a trip to, the, to a bookstore. Marge purchases an old book that used to be her favourite in hopes of reading it to Lisa, but realises that it's culturally offensive. 
Marge agrees to edit the story in order to lessen the offensive stereotypes and cliches, but after she reads it to Lisa, the two agree that it has lost its meaning. <laughs> and then what you're about to watch is happens right after they decide that it's lost its meaning. Marge says to Lisa, like, what am I supposed to do? Like, you know, the book's lost its meaning now. And Lisa looks at the camera and goes, it's hard to say. Something that started decades ago and was applauded and inoffensive is now politically incorrect. What can you do? And Marge goes, some things will be dealt with at a later date. And Lisa says, if at all. And there's a photo of a poo on a bedside table. Yeah. That's signed with like, don't have a cow man or something. And then like a uh, direct looking at the camera. Like, yeah. Like, every, like we all know what's up, but it's like. Like, what is that? Like, it's not, it's not witty. It's not funny. I don't quite understand. Yeah. I mean, the solution is you could do something about it. And the answer is you could do something about it um, sometime instead of like. In the future, you could do something about it now, which I guess is what they yeah, did. Yeah, so they were kind of alluding to, like, we'll fix it when we want to, was maybe what they were saying in that yeah. that scene. But the the filmmaker of the documentary, um, Hari, he responded on Twitter after it aired being like, wow, politically incorrect? Like, that's the takeaway from my movie and the discussion it started? Man, I really love this show. This is sad. And then Mac Groening, he got interviewed by USA Today, like a month after the episode aired. Mm-hmm. And they were like, hey, do you have any thoughts on the criticism of Apu as a stereotype? And he said, not really. I'm proud of what we do with the show. And I think it's uh, a time in our culture where people love to pretend they're offended. It's like, you shouldn't have said that, man. Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? And then um, they, uh, they asked him about that episode. Uh, uh, yeah, so they asked him about the episode. They said... Um, like, what did it mean when Marge said, some things will be addressed at a later date? And then when Lisa goes, if at all, he goes, we'll let the show speak for itself. So it's like, <laughs> kind of nothing answers. Yeah, it was like, yeah. ah, people overreacting and like, just we'll figure it out later. Yeah, noto- notable uh, multi-multi-millionaire Matt Groening has no grasp on the uh, consequences of his actions. That's the situation. The takeaway, yeah. And then so- like... Like you said, um, Hank Azaria, um, at the start of last year, he said he'd no longer be voicing the characters. Was that when it was? I thought it happened a lot <clears throat> earlier than that. Yeah, no. So, he he, um, he stepped away from it at the start of last year. And then there was the um, murder of George Floyd, which mm-hmm. sparked a whole thing of like a lot of shows announcing that they would be no longer getting white voice actors to voice non-white characters. Yep. Um, so, H- Hank Azaria stepped aside before that kind of movement happened, but h- how long do you reckon he'd been voicing a poo for at that uh, point? Well, probably 28 years. Yeah, it was like 30 years of, yeah. that, of doing that character. Um, and then he, he went on to Dak Shepard's podcast, mm-hmm. Armchair Expert, um, this year, and he talked about it, and he was just like very remorseful and just like he, like he understands how negative that character was yep. for a lot of people. And so, he he's quite like, you know- regretful about his contributions to that and and you know to to be fair as well you didn't either you didn't know or you didn't think about this stuff 30 years ago it wasn't in the conversation mm. that doesn't mean that when it does enter the conversation you don't like listen to it you adapt with the like yeah exactly yeah. because once again it's clearly like it's a thing you know it's a um it's caused people personal harm yeah, yeah. um that you don't see because you're not in the community where it affects you. So, like, yeah, Matt Groening's response is, like, really, really awful. Um, I'm I'm happy to hear that Hank Azaria did that. I, I do remember seeing his apology, and he does genuine- He sem- seemed genuine about it, too. Yeah. So, and really, all it is is, like, cool. I mean, I'm not going to voice this one character on a TV show. Like, it- Well, they, they also recast, like, because he did Carl from the Power Plant as well. 
And, oh, okay. Um, Did he really? Yeah, That's funny. yeah. I think it was him. The so in February of this year, they announced Doctor Hibbard, um, who was previously voiced by Harry Shearer, was going to be recast. Mm-hmm. He's now voiced by Kevin Michael Richardson, mm-hmm. um, and Harry Shearer does like Mister Burns, Principal Skinner, Smithers, and Ned yep. Flanders, a bunch more. And Shearer, yeah. he doesn't get the point either because. In response to that, um, and kind of mainly the announcement that, like, you know, white actors wouldn't be voicing non-white characters, he said, um, I have a very simple belief about acting. The job of an actor is to play someone who they are not. That's the gig. That's the job description. So, he kind of falls into that category of, like, he doesn't quite understand the, the like, you know, the overall kind of argument here. Like, yep. he's, he kind of falls into that camp of people that kind of say, oh, you know, well, then a grown woman shouldn't voice a character like Bart. And it's like, that's not really, like, an issue, you know. So, yeah, Harry Shearer's response to it was a bit uh, bit disappointing as well. Yeah. Do you remember, um, like, five, six years ago, there was a lot of talk about him leaving The Simpsons? Due to, like, I thought he did leave for a season. I think it was, like, the um, they were negotiating his contract mm-hmm. and, like, last minute he, he signed back on. Oh, okay. And it was reported he was going to be getting like 300000 an episode, which was, that's yeah, I think a lot less compared to- Yeah, I thought it was on like a million or screen. something. Maybe I don't think million. it's that much. I think like if you are in like a sitcom or something, you know, I think the argument there is voice actors are underpaid compared to on, that was on arg- camera. His argument, did you say? No, no. He was saying um, he just wanted to do other projects outside of The Simpsons mm. and his contract wouldn't- wasn't as like lenient, I think. So, I mean, it's a um, long time. Like, you don't in 1989, you never expected you'd be doing the same gig for fucking 30 years. Yeah, it's just kind of fair enough that you'd want to do that. Yeah. Anyway, I um I, I have interviewed him before, and I asked about the Simpsons, and he just like def- almost deflected the question, <laughs> like he didn't want to talk about it. He started talking about it. That was like one of the first things he said was, "No, no, sorry." I kind of asked what he was doing, and he said, "Oh, this uh, the production I've been involved with for many years now. Um, they want us recording from home, and so he just went out of his way to not talk about the Simpsons specifically. <laughs> he said like the That's production, uh, um." But what do you think? Like, cause a lot of these voice actors are getting on. Like when they start passing away given that they all voice so many act sorry characters in the show Mm -hmm. what are they going to do like do you think watching the simpsons with a whole new voice acting cast is going to be weird the only relevant equivalent that i have is um do you know who uh peter cullen is uh i want to say he is don't tell me don't tell me um optimus prime yeah correct so, he voiced Optimus Prime 1984 in the original series. Gotcha. And, uh, and did that, that whole run. He also did the voice of Optimus Prime, I believe, in the first movie. Like oh, the like that with Shia, Shia LaBeouf? Yeah, I think he was Optimus Prime in that. Um, the latest Netflix series, which I don't- I probably doubt animated. you've watched. But yeah, it's animated series, but it's, it's actually not too bad. I don't love it, but it's okay. But it's a completely different actor that is doing- a sound alike, and it's pretty good. Gotcha, but you can kind of tell. You can sort of. Well, I honestly didn't know it was not him at first. I kind of just got over it because he's doing that character. He's trying mm. to do those things, so um, you can sort of forgive it, and you just get over it pretty quick. And you're like, no, there's my there's a character that I like to watch. So, oh well, was. here's another example: um, Bugs Bunny. Yeah, uh, Billy West did Bugs Bunny in Space Jam. Yeah, voice of Fry and Zoidberg. And he's all been that doing stuff. Bugs Bunny for a little while now, mm, but he—I don't believe he did it in the most recent Space Jam film. Yeah, but he's like, 
uh, well, Bugs Bunny has since the 30s, I guess, had several different actors. They all do a Bugs Bunny. So Yeah, I didn't watch it and go, this Bugs Bunny sounds weird. Yeah, so that's kind of the next equivalent of that. Mm. Um, and same as your Daffy Ducks and your um, Porky Pigs and stuff. That's it's true. iconic voices. It's, it is different with The Simpsons because The Simpsons is, uh, and same as uh, with Transformers, it's different to that because The Simpsons is um, going to be with you from childhood to adulthood. So, you kind of have that yeah. locked into you. Whereas at a certain point, you probably don't watch Looney Tunes. Exactly. I, I would because and it's great. But A lot of um, The Simpsons, like the voice actors, you can tell it's, it's kind of a lot of the characters they do are similar to their natural voice. It's just like mm. variations of that. Like you go, oh yeah, that's like a. You can tell if they introduce a new character, that's this voice actor because yeah. But has I that think kind of tone. as if they continue this, I mean, in all serious, in all honesty, they should probably just stop that fucking show at some point. If, if, it's, if it's making money, there's no way Disney's going to be like. Well, See ya. yeah, I mean that's that's very true, but um, you, you wouldn't be surprised if they just canned it. So what thirty at thirty seasons, thirty one seasons that they're at at the moment, like if they're going to keep it going, I think we just have to accept that in. In a few years' time, we're going to have a different, slightly different Marge Simpson and Bart Simpson, and that's probably fine. Yeah. But they'll the actors that will replace them or that could replace them, they will find people that will be exactly. as close to that. Because, yeah. you know, it's, a, it's an iconic- They're iconic voices and iconic characters, same as Bugs Bunny. So, they, whoever they get will just- It just, can't be a variation. Yeah. Well, you know, um, do you know about the Phil Hartman stuff? Uh. A little, oh, do you mean why he died and all that? So, yeah, like all how he died and his character. I'm aware of why he died. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Like was, it was actually quite interesting that they retired all those characters after that. But so. yeah, like because if someone had told me that uh, Lionel, so he voiced Lionel Hutz, Troy McClure, stuff like that. If someone told me those characters hadn't been in the show since '98, mm. I would have been like, "What? No, like I no, surely that those characters were in more episodes." But mm. yeah, so you know, like in 1998, his wife killed him while he was sleeping. Yep. Um, which is like very tragic, and then they decided to retire his characters after that. Which is, but those characters do sound a lot like him. Mm. So I think trying to recast that, it was, I think that was almost a respect thing retiring those characters. Whereas yeah. you can't be like, okay, Bart Simpson is now retired. Like that just wouldn't work. Yeah, Nancy Cartwright does a few others on that show, doesn't she? Like Ralph the- and Nelson, and it's yeah, it's all the kid characters, isn't it? Yeah, all the yeah. Which which um, um, they did the same thing with uh, Marsha Wallace, who was the voice of uh, Edna. Oh yep, Krabappel. Um, so she passed away in 2013 and they retired her character. I remember that. Like, the episode mm. was really sad. They actually, in the show, they- um, Did she die in the show? I didn't watch the yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. They allude to that. And then I think there's a, one of the chalkboard um, intros. They mm. say, like, we'll miss you or something like that, mm. um, which is, like, super sad. So they- Yeah, so- Oh, fucking get this. So from season 23 until her retirement, you know, when they re- retired the character, mm-hmm. Edna was married to Ned Flanders. Oh. Did you have any idea she was married to Ned? Oh, uh, you know what? I think I did, but I I probably read it on the internet somewhere. I had no- I was like, that's got to be wrong. Simpsons Wiki, you fucking idiot. The funny- I think one of the the things I quote more than anything from The Simpsons is this- it's it's related to that character. I'm, I'm going to send you this clip to watch. I fucking love this so much. <laughs> Bud's, na- Bud's teacher's name is Crabapple I've been calling a Crandall I love that that's so good um, and he, he he runs off someone in the comments was like where does he run to like what, where's he running away to and also he's gonna go tell someone the start of that scene is Marge talking to I guess Lisa maybe mm. and they mention uh, Crabapple 
Um, and then like it takes home like 10 seconds. He's reading a newspaper and he goes, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty, uh, pretty funny. Yeah. What, quite, what, uh, quite, what do you quite quote? humorous. What do you quote from The Simpsons on a daily basis? Oh, shit. I, I, I often say when I park, remember, we're on the itchy lot. Uh, you're putting me on the spot because I, can I come too? I do that a lot. Can I come, can I come too? too? Can I come too? There's, yeah, there's so many things I say, probably more than I, I Joey, can Joey, Joey right Shabadoo. I like Joey, that. Joey, Joe, Joe Shabadoo. <laughs> I don't know why I quote that, but I managed to sneak it in. Because the way he says it's so funny. Joey, Joe, Joe <laughs> Shabadoo Jr. or whatever it is, whatever the name is. Well, let's end with something a little more recent. Remember in 2017, there was uh, long-running, the long-running Simpsons, Simpsons composer Alf Clawson was like, there was all these articles being like, he's fired out of nowhere, like he's fired off the I show. I don't remember that. You don't remember that? No. Oh, so yeah, back in 2017, it was like Alf Clawson, like, hmm. you know who he is. He's like bloody, he created music for over 560 episodes. Jeez. Um, and he won like a bunch of awards and they were like, yeah, you're fired. And it kind of came out of nowhere and it was like, well, this guy's like iconic. Like what happened? And then um, I, cause and I didn't know outside of that, I just heard he was gone. That's it. But looking into it in 2019, he sued Fox alleging he was fired due, due to his age. So I right. think now he's 80. So he said that he was told at the time of his firing that they were taking the music in a different direction. And then he was replaced with uh, Bleeding Fingers Music, which is a company that like a music production company that was co-founded in part by, um, Hans Zimmer. <laughs> um, Hans Zimmer and uh, Russell Emanuel. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hans Zimmer's fucking spot on. Yeah. Um, and uh, then last August, a judge dismissed the case because he was like, nah, like Fox have a free... They said, what do they say? They said, Fox has a free speech right to choose the composer for the show. I mean, they kind of do. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. And according to Variety, so it was revealed in court that Fox were worried about kind of the show being relevant, which was triggered by this hip-hop themed episode called The Great Fatsby. Um, and they were like, well, he doesn't really know about hip- new hip-hop oh, music. Oh, yeah. So, let's get Hans Zimmer, like who's that. in his freaking like late 60s, <laughs> noted hip-hop artist Hans Zimmer. Um, and it was also revealed in court that um, Alf Clawson was delegating a lot of work to his son. I mean, again, do you know how Hans Zimmer's entire operation works? It was Bleeding Fingers music is like- Well, the thing is, I look, it's it started by him. So, this is not like necessarily Hans in charge, but like any Hans Zimmer movie- yeah. You know, okay, think of some iconic Hans Zimmer scores. Uh, you might pick a Christopher Nolan movie. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Inception. Yep. Or you might pick something like- Pirates um, of the Caribbean. Batman. Didn't you do Pirates of the Caribbean? Pirates of the Caribbean. I could be wrong. Or you might pick something like Boss Baby. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And I was Megamind, to. I think he did as well. So, the thing is, it, so many of these uh, scores have like Hans Zimmer's name on it. Yeah, yeah. And he's involved and he, he might write a theme. But he delegates like so much of the work to his hundred person um, yeah. staff that exists in a, an enormous um, compound in uh, California. Um, and it's not just him. There's a few other guys that do that. Um, Junkie XLs in that category who it's, and again, they're not, it's not like they're not doing anything. They are. Um, but there's a lot of people that work to put this music together. And because he's the known name. He yeah. kind of gets all the glory. Well, yeah, absolutely. And it still says you'll have a boss baby score like by Hans Zimmer, but he might have like written a theme mm. uh, and that's great and important. But then 
the amount of work you'll put into something like that versus the amount of work you'll put into like a Inception. Yeah, that would be. Um, fuck, what's the other one? Interstellar. Like any big blockbusters. Yeah, yeah where it's very creative and incredible. Um, but there's a lot of people that have a lot to say about that method of working too. Well, it might. I think so. Yeah, you've raised two good points. Maybe Hans I've raised Zimmer's, a lot of good points. Daniel. Hans Zimmer's not as is not a spring chicken, and uh, he also delegates work. But the third thing was moving the music to Bleeding Fingers Music. Cut the show's music cost by forty percent because mm. they use a lot more like programming and synth and stuff, whereas like. Alf Clawson was doing like full orchestra stuff. That's surprising to me because there's a lot of that which is um, still able to be programmed now. I mean, it's and not sure if what the um, the holdback would be in his situation. Um, Alf, you- uh, Alf Clawson? Yeah, because- Probably of- just he was of like, he'd been doing it for what, decades and he's just very kind of in his ways and this is the way it should be. And Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a shame for the music industry then because- to cut your music budget, you're cutting the live musician budget, and it's it's that's true. You know, from from that score, you're talking about um, string players and woodwind and brass players. Man, an orchestra is expensive. You're looking at like, okay, well, how many like th- twenty five people for like n- days? No, more than that. Like, really? Yeah, up fifty people. It depends on the scale of it because yeah, you fuck. can like orchestras are scalable. But yeah, and having a room that can fit that many people, paying that many people, exactly. Well, let's even say twenty five people, and those they're coming in for a minimum of two hundred and fifty dollars each. So what what's twenty five times twenty five? Go on then. Um, sorry, twenty five times two hundred fifty. Yeah, so that's six thousand dollars, not including the studio and not including the people that run it. So. On average, a string date from what I understand is about ten grand, and that's a that's usually a um, like a what a one to three hour call or something like that. Jesus! So it's like it's um they can those players can read. So it's just you put a piece of sheet music in front of them, and it's not they're not rehearsing it; they just do it. Yeah. Um, but it's expensive. But it's very very expensive. So you can under you can understand that. Um, but and for a lot of shows, it's. Excuse me. For a lot of shows, it makes more sense to program everything. And most of the time, what happens is, if you're the composer for these these shows, you're sitting in a fucking studio or like in a room by yourself anyway, writing the music, doing it up as temp music with virtual instruments. Yeah, gotcha. And then it gets kind of like transcribed and, and written as sheet music for so to instead be played of for that real. Extra so step, it just yeah. What you can do instead is you can just take the MIDI information, which is how a lot of it's written. And just tweak that a little bit more to sound more authentic. Yeah. A lot of- If you ever take the time and you want to see how these people do it, Junkie XL. Do you know Junkie XL? uh, Sounds familiar, but no. Uh, He's done the soundtracks for, for example, like Mad Max, um, Batman vs Superman, like big blockbusters. Really? But he has a lot of videos on how his studio is um, set up and his- his computers and everything like that. It's really, really fascinating. And it's fascinating for me because obviously this is adjacent to my my work, but- um, yeah. Anyway, it's cool. So again, with um, with this, that's unfortunate that they lose that that budget. I I don't know that they've uh, lost the live element. I don't really know what it sounds like because I haven't heard it. So that's true. Yeah, we should eventually do an episode on why The Simpsons has gone down in quality or why people perceive it to have lost its. Uh, yep. It's well, it's taken fifty eight episodes to get to fifty eight. Fifty X just. It- it's taken over 50 episodes to get to here, so maybe on a hundred and something episode, we'll talk about it. Yes, but I'm so glad we finally did a Simpsons yeah. episode. Yeah. There's so much other stuff out there. I could have gone on for ages. Yeah, but- could have made, we, This could have been our first two-parter. 
Well, hey, we can always do it another time. Another time? Another time. Right, well, right. uh, that was great, Dan. Well done. Thank you. If you want to uh, check out our previous episodes, then you're already listening to this. You know where to find them. But if you want to find some other great uh, handshake agency shows, head to thepodcast.com.au, rate and review, email us at that sucks at thepodcast.com.au. Check out our Simpsons tribute, worst tribute ever. Do it. Anything else you want to say? No, I'm happy, man. Let's get the F out of here. Let's go and watch disgusting videos of boogers. All right. Peace out, everybody. Goodbye. That Sucks is a podcast from the Handshake Agency Network. Presented and produced by Dan Cribb and Troy Neverman. Recorded and engineered by Troy Neverman. Executive producer, Craig Tariq. Theme music by Dan Cribb and Troy Neverman.